0: Picture this. You're a first year student at UVic. You head into the student union building, the sub. Join the line outside Vertigo. It might take a moment to get in. The person at the table needs to manually find your name in a sea of others in a huge binder. But, I mean, if there's free pizza, worth it, right? Well, your name's finally found and you're ushered in. You take a seat on the classic plastic chair. You then hear a small cheer as another person walks into the room. They've finally met Quorum. Let's see if they can hold it. This is how you normally might get to the UVSS AGM. Not this year, though. This year, all you had to do was log into Zoom and join the call. Hey, I'm Laura Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Martlet Pod a bi-weekly podcast covering some of the most important news stories from the latest issue of UVic's student-run newspaper, produced here on the traditional territory of the Lakungan and Wasainich people in Victoria, B.C. Also on this episode, a group of volunteers finished building two shower structures for the unhoused of Beacon Hill Park.
1: Well, people are, who are unhoused and living in the uh, in the different parks are saying we need showers now getting cold, like they haven't had charge for a long time and so we've been sprung into action quicker.
0: A UVic professor is recognized as a prestigious citation laureate for his research on dark matter. It seems very far away, hopefully it will lead to transformation of our understanding of nature. that will lead to the generation of technology that then will lead to a for to a better society. And, a look at the amount of money spent on Facebook ads during the recent BC election. But first, I'm chatting with Martlet writer Alec Lazenby on the UVSS AGM and some of the implications of having it online this year.
2: Hi, so my name is Alec Blaise B. I'm a senior staff writer with The Martlet. I have been a senior staff writer since the beginning of this year. I'm um, mostly focus on social issues. So I've, I've been doing a lot of coverage of sort of the homeless crisis that is uh, going on in Victoria. Uh, I also focus on news. So a lot of the political pieces that you'll see coming from The Martlet will usually be coming from either um, Kate Cordy or myself. Um, And so, yeah, so that's a little bit of introduction about me Um, and yeah, just thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, So, yeah, of course, today we're talking about some news, but some very UVic local news, um, and that is the recent UVSS AGM. Just to start off, um, could you briefly explain what the point of an AGM is? I'm sure there's some non student listeners and other just students who know that there is some big meeting that happens, but maybe not what that is.
2: So, the AGM is it can sort of be split up into a couple different parts. The UVSS annual general meeting happens um, mid to late October every year, and it's a chance for the UVSS to amend their bylaws, um, their values. Um, as well as pass their budget and other financial documents. It's also a chance for students who aren't really that engaged with UVSS politics to come out and sort of see what the UVSS is about. That's also crucial to the AGM because the UVSS needs to maintain a quorum of 116 students pass any any of their amendments or changes to the bylaws or to even pass their budget. And so oftentimes the UVSS will um, do various things to draw students out this year. They had prizes such as an iPad seven, or I think it was $525 towards a new bike. Mm -hmm. GM is really a chance for students and the student society to really kind of talk and meet and see what's going on with each other. And, it's the entire success, not the entire success, but a lot of the success of whether a UVSS board is able to get done what they want to get done is whether they can pass their budget and other amendments at the AGM.
0: And just to make sure we're all on the same page, the UVSS is the University of Victoria Student Society. Quoting from their website, a democratically elected student board of governors directs the UVSS, runs all its campaigns and events, manages the sub and oversees approximately 200 employees. The board has both volunteer positions as well as full-time lead directors. They also manage programs such as the food bank and free store and the peer support center and are involved in things such as the UPass, pass the student bus pass here at UVic. Yeah, so I'd love to talk quite a bit about some of the things you've been bringing up there, just about quorum, Um, but first I just kind of wanted to focus on the actual meeting and some of the things that came out of it. Um, What were some of the big amendments or hopes going into this meeting?
2: Um, going into this meeting, the UVSS obviously had their hopes every year of maintaining Gorm, which is something that we can touch on later. Mm-hmm. Uh, their amendments, most of their amendments this year were pretty straightforward, um, bringing the UVSS more in line with the BC Societies Act, which uh, is sort of the governing document that governs over societies such as the UVSS. Right. So changing their voting on um, uh, special resolutions from two thirds to three quarters, I believe that was. We, you can fact check me on that. <laughs> I believe that's the way that it went. It went from two thirds to three quarters. And then also um, striking bylaw one uh, 1.10, um, which just basically was redundant and spelled out what, what an ordinary resolution is, which is any resolution that needs a majority of the vote Uh, so sort of those were the first two, the other ones were about values, which is something that's, um, contest hotly debated every year about what values the UVSS should have. So for example, last year, they wanted to strike fun from -hmm. their values. That was not the case this year. Um, this year they wanted to add decolonization and, uh, environmental sustainability, um, to their values. And so, which was contestedly debated, our editor, Kate Cordy, went to a four-hour meeting over whether, over a debate on those values. And, um, and so, that, a lot of their main motions kind of concern that.
0: Here's a clip from the AGM for context.
2: Um, what plans does the UVSS Board of Directors have to back up this change in policy so it's just going to be them adding the, these words into policy and not doing anything about it or are there any plans and motion that are going to back up these um just this like policy change and it's it's not going to be an instant process and this motion like it's it's not meant to It's not meant to be like an an enforcement mechanism or there's not meant to be an assessment metric to determine whether someone's following values and it's mostly to to create like a like a reference point by which directors and students can hold us accountable.
0: The first person you heard here was director at large Abdul Abulism, and responding was another doll Parth Mittal. Mittal was one of the main people on the board to bring forward the new values.
2: They had one about donations, about changing their donations policy, policy, but that got struck from the AGM because they couldn't get it cleared with uh, lawyers and and other and get it ready in time. So that was not included
1: in that.
0: I just wanted to go back to like the discussion on values for a second because I think. At least something I know I've heard from uh, UVic students is there is a bit of a push and pull on like whether a lot of what UVS does is um, argue more like semantically over actions. Do you think that's kind of laid into this conversation a little bit or is it more just wanting to make sure that the wording's proper? Like what what are kind of those like base reasons? Cause it was quite a contentious thing as you said.
2: I think, um, so are you asking whether the values Are themselves based in semantics, or are you asking whether the debate over the values this year, why that was so hotly contested?
0: I guess, like, if you could answer to both, that'd be great.
2: Um, With the first one, which was brought up at the AGM, whether uh, the UVSS values are a matter of semantics, Mm -hmm. I think they, this is my personal opinion, but I think they are and they aren't in a sense. Because I think looking at what values the UVSS has is a very good way of sort of looking at the board of directors and trying to see what they're trying to accomplish, whether they can or can't accomplish that is an entirely another question. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because the UVSS often fails to get done a lot of what they want to, that at the end of the day, the values are sort of just, Benchmarks to try to reach and kind of ways that you want to try to foster um the things that you want to get done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In terms of hotly debating, um, in the past couple of years, the UVSS and Divest have been very, very closely linked. And so the environmental sustainability and decolonization are two pushes that divest has really been going towards the past couple of years, trying mm-hmm. to get UVS trying to get UVic to divest from fossil fuels, which they have significant investments in mm-hmm. as well as with the um, black lives matter um, movement that's um, going on and all they there. And also continuing conversations about indigenous reconciliation. The board is also thinks it's important that decolonization uh, kind of is a basis for UVSS actions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Students' lives don't end when they leave the campus, and we are not isolated from outside issues. These values are to acknowledge this and that the UVSS is here to support all students who are vulnerable to systems of oppression, including racism in education and other institutions, and the negative impacts of environmental change. Please vote yes to this motion to add these important values. That's why decolonization and environmental sustainability were brought up as values that should be added. In terms of the contentious nature of it, um, most of the contention talked about whether these, these values really are based in citations and whether these values have fact to back them up, um, mainly, I mean, they were heavily, heavily changed and I'm not the best person cause I wasn't at that meeting, mm-hmm. but to kind of t- make sure that the UVSS values are grounded in things that are factual and things that are important. And there's some disagreement about what that is on the present board. Which I think goes back to the different slate systems that have been imposed and the fact that many of the members of the board don't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things.
0: As Alec mentioned, there was a board meeting before this AGM that debated the motion. The main focus here was on whether the board could affirm that the impacts of climate change disproportionately affected BIPOC, working class, and LGBTQ plus communities without a citation. There are two sides to this argument. On one, board members, some of which were BIPOC, speaking to the motion and saying that this affirmation reflected their lived experiences. And on the other side, some argued that they didn't believe that this was reality and wanted a citation. Um, now I just kind of want to pivot a little bit to, yeah, just talk about the actual format of the AGM, because of course it's a little different than uh, past ones. Normally it takes place in UVic. Um, and one of the big things was that the AGM has traditionally struggled to meet Quorum. However, there was no issue this year. Um, they met, I believe it was like 300 people was Zoom's cap. Um, it's kind of double-sided here because on one hand, they're they're able to actually meet Quorum and hold it on the other hand, there was a little bit of like technical difficulties and issues with people not being able to get in because of Zoom's cap. So the kind of, I guess, dual questions here are, um, do you think maybe the UVSS will like look at this going forward to kind of continue doing online? And do you think, because I believe you've done AGM coverage in years past, like did the process seem a lot smoother this year? Did things seem to go a little bit better?
2: So firstly, yes, the format was very different this year. (laughs) Um, That was something that definitely took getting used to. I feel like for all parties involved it, for the UVSS, for, for me, for Mm -hmm. other people who tuned in, definitely it was different. I will say that I don't miss the plastic chairs in Vertigo. Um, That is something that I definitely don't miss. It was a lot smoother getting on and getting in and all of that online. It also helps for students that they didn't have to physically go to a place, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which is probably why the UVSS was able to exceed quorum by such a significant amount. So for the majority of the meeting, there were somewhere between 250 to 300 students. Um, I don't know the exact math because you have to minus board of directors, me and other um, non-students from that, but between 250 and um 300 students for the majority of the meeting which is usually if even if the uvss meets quorum it's by one or two students Mm -hmm. so that was a significant change and the question that arose out of that was really it with the zoom cap is because students need to be able to vote on motions at the agm they need to have that ability to do so The issue with the Zoom cap is that a lot of people who may have wanted to come to the meeting and get in and vote on these motions weren't able to. That's a question that definitely needs to be asked of the UVSS.
0: UVSS Director of Outreach and University Relations, Serena de did email the Martlet a statement about this issue. The statement noted that while they did receive several messages and emails from students regarding the Zoom cap, the majority of these were to do with being entered for prizes and none were to do with voting on motions.
2: Like the cap wasn't intentional. They just didn't have the plan to in place to have that many students. And you can sort of liken it to, I guess the one that was brought up during the meeting is you can liken it to fire codes. You can only have a certain amount of people in a room. I think that the board was very, very happy. Actually, I know the board was very, very happy because I asked Serena about this, Um, to have as many students as they had out. And definitely, because the board switches every year, it's up to the next board to decide if they want to pursue this format.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely, Serena said that she would recommend it. The other factor in whether this continues online is in regards to the um, BC Societies Act, which was changed uh, upon the outset of COVID to allow societies to meet online and hold AGMs and hold other official meetings online.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a, it's, a wait-and-see approach to see if that remains even past COVID. So that's also where the UVSS has to kind of wait and see to see if they can continue to do these AGMs and SAGMs online because it depends on the BC Societies Act and what the um, government decides, what the provincial government decides on that.
0: Right. And just out of curiosity, um, of course, there was lots of students in the Zoom call. Was there much engagement where people in there actually engaging in polls or other things that the UVSS had talked about?
2: Indefinitely, it was quite easy to vote on motions because they just put polls in. So a significant amount of the members of the meeting, like people in the meeting, were voting on motions, uh, which includes some engineering students who I hear were voting no to every motion just to... (laughs) just to cause trouble, but in regards to engagement, sort of in the chat and stuff, there was until it was um, shut down um, by the moderator just to kind of keep things orderly,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I I don't know if that was the right decision. I think it would have been better to allow people to um, speak in the chat, but there was also some talk that this contravened um, speakers' rules and all of that with the AGM, so that makes sense. In regards to asking questions, there were several questions asked because I think um, students felt more comfortable um, asking questions online as opposed to in a, in a room with a bunch of their peers, especially if they could keep their cameras off, which I, I thought was a really good feature because it definitely allowed for some people who might not speak up but have really important questions to ask um, the ability to do so the question that stood out that stands out in my mind is one student asked about, uh, using proctoring software to invigilate exams and whether, um, the UVSS had been in talks with UVic over, um, the possibility of this being a thing and that I'm not sure if that sort of question would have been asked, um, Mm -hmm. at a normal HGM, because that's kind of a very tough, tough question to ask in a room full of people. Yeah. And so, I thought that that was really, really good. So yes, there are definitely pros and cons. Mm -hmm. There's pros and cons with most AGMs and most formats that you can possibly think of. But I thought all in all, in terms of discussion and um, people engaging with the meeting, I thought it was much better this year.
0: That's good. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today um, or anything you think that we've missed?
2: Not that I can think of. I think I just want to say that the, definitely the AGM this year was a different experience. I think it was all in all a better experience for students and also members of the board. It felt less forced. It felt um, easier to sort of engage with members of the board. So I really do feel that my personal hope is that the board continues on um, with this format if they're able to do so.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thank you so much, Laura.
0: We'll be back in a second. Now to take a look at a few more pieces of news this week. October 24th saw the completion of two showers for the unhoused of Beacon Hill Park. Back in August, after hearing grievances from aid workers, community members, and the unhoused during weekly meetings, Rose Henry, an Indigenous matriarch and homeless activist, approached a group of community members led by carpenter Greg Turney, who has previously built tiny houses for Indigenous communities.
1: I've been involved with, I think, yeah, two, two houses for the tiny house warriors, which are, if you don't know, they're like a Shaquemec group that building a camp on the path of the Trans Mountain Expansion Pipeline. Rose Henry, who's a local matriarch, came to the building and was like, uh, just came back from Beacon Hill, and one of the things that everybody's asking for is showers and asked if anyone would be willing to build showers.
0: The need for showers for those at Beacon Hill has been an ongoing concern, with the nearest ones only at Our Place Society down on Pandora
1: Street. For us to you know, raise all the money, organize, decide really what to do, find organizations that are willing to work with us, mm-hmm. um, and, and that becomes a large, like kind of a longer process. And so our thought, you know, we had to quickly turn to saying, well, people who are unhoused and living in the, um, in the different parks are saying we need showers now.
0: This is the voice of Bilal, one of the volunteers who worked on this project.
1: But the issue is is that to do that the right way and make it to do it well, it takes quite a while. You know, really the ultimate goal is that people have like dignified housing and access to like the things they need. And I get like often the argument is that, you know, they don't want to create permanency at, at the parks, but... This is just the reality of things, yeah. and people need a shower, particularly in a pandemic. Um, and it, regardless, people need a shower like to have a dignified life. Like.
0: After fundraising efforts that raised nearly $3,000, the building took place over two weekends by volunteers who came together despite their minimal building experience. The group is not affiliated with any organization, so they hope to continue to increase their capacity and eventually build a mobile shower unit through a partnership. UVic has something to be proud of this week, as the university's own Dr. Julio Navarro was recognized in this year's list of Clarivate Citation Laureates. Twenty-four researchers were awarded this year.
1: Good. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. we knew that our work had had a
2: reasonably good impact mm-hmm. on, the, on the scientific world. I mean, of course, we to be aware of this is ambivalent um, relation with uh, awards and recognition mm-hmm. so, especially when you get to the very rarefied levels of, you know, of very high, uh, high high, prices. Yes, yeah. And uh, so I always think that uh, the honor uh, have very good but mm-hmm. very, very, very welcome. I yeah. would always say that every award received has been undeserved and welcome.
0: This award acknowledges exceptionally high citation counts in the Web of Science database. This means that of the 50 million papers put out by the platform in the last 50 years, Navarro's work is one of 6,000 to be cited over 2,000 times. He and two other researchers are being recognized for their studies on galaxy formation and evolution, cosmic structures, and dark matter halos. Navarro got into this field while living as a student after Argentina's military dictatorship of 1976 through 83.
1: We organized a a conference. Mm -hmm. I mean, Argentina was coming out of the dictatorship time, kind of dark times in the, the country,
2: for our dictatorship, so we but we were young and bold, that was a organise organizing conference, so we invited four for people from abroad to come and give some talks to us, just to, as a way to you know get a bit more up to date on what, what was going on.
0: He and his team have proposed a structure for dark matter halos that is fairly consistent for every galaxy. The goal with this is to give scientists a better understanding of how galaxies actually form. As the BC election wraps up with the NDP's sweeping win, another aspect of this election is becoming apparent, the amount spent on Facebook ads. The Liberals spent $890,348 on ads either for the party itself, or for their top candidates. Conservative leader Trevor Bolin and NDP's Andrew Mercier also had high budgets. Liberal spending put them at the ninth highest spender among all Canadian political advertisers since June 2019. At its peak liberals were spending about $40,000 daily. Now this is not to say that the NDP's and Greens were not spending but they did have different strategies. These two parties were spending smaller amounts on a variety of ads, where the Liberals made big purchases on fewer ads. What does this all add up to across all the parties? $1.3 million spent on Facebook ads alone. And a good portion of this will be paid by British Columbians. According to BC's election laws, 50% of the money spent during a campaign is eligible for reimbursement, as long as the party gets 5% of the votes or a candidate gets 10% of the vote. Now, if the Liberals didn't win, was it all for nothing? It's hard to say. Advertising with Facebook is definitely not an exact science. At the very least, we can say that Liberal ads reached a lot of people. that's the end of this episode thanks for listening for more stories or if you want more details on the stories i touched on here check out www.martlet.ca this podcast is produced in the studios of cfuv you can check them out at cfuv.ca i'm laura smith